What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Almighty Podcast. This is Mike Atkins from NerdsOnEarth.com, and as always, I am joined by... Adam from the Back Patio Network. And we are here to continue our discussion and coverage of My Hero Academia Vigilantes. We are currently in Volume 7, and we are covering Episodes 47, 48, 49, and 50 this week. Yeah, these were a lot of fun, but before we get into covering the episodes, don't forget, check us out on iTunes, leave a fun review for us if you don't mind, especially if you enjoy the show. Uh, and if you feel like supporting the show, check out Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Network. It's a good place to be. We release early content and all kinds of fun stuff on there. Our Discord is also a good place to be, and uh, we regularly kind of check in on one another, especially during this crazy COVID time, make sure everybody's doing well, and occasionally pitch wild harebrained ideas about different things we might do with the podcast um, and just generally interact over all things my hero that aren't terribly spoilery given where we are in our coverage of either vigilantes or the mainline stuff uh, so you're absolutely welcome there that you don't have to have a patreon account right uh, to ju- to just jump in Correct. on the almighty channel Absolutely. And in all of the links for that are in the description. So, And, and not only that, but we're actually going to do a, a live viewing of the most recent My Hero Academia movie. Uh, we're going to hang out on the 18th, probably start that up around 7 p.m. Eastern time. We'll hop in a little bit beforehand, and I'm sure we'll give you all the details online and again at the end of the episode. But put that down on your calendars. We'd love to see everybody come and hang out and watch the movie with us. Yes, December 18th at 7 p.m. And uh, we will advertise this on the Twitter and in the Discord. So if you navigate your way to either one of those spaces, you'll be right on top of it all. We'll remind you, uh, will we have another episode come out before then? I don't think we will. I don't think we will either. Nope. So we'll say it two or three more times before this one's over. Yeah, yeah. It's last call, basically. (laughs) We just scheduled it, and now we only have the one chance to tell you, unless you're already connected to us. First call and last call. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We've also got some other neat things that we're going to kind of shake up with regards to how we typically close our podcasts. Um, If you are a longtime listener, you know that we've been participating in a live casting of My Hero Academia and Vigilante's characters. Uh, We are going to continue that practice tonight, but that's going to be probably the last time we do. However, we do have some pretty fun ideas for some other just kind of quirky, pun intended, uh, fun uh, ways for us to kind of joke around and uh, stretch our imaginations uh, some with regards to this world and the characters within it to kind of close down our episode. So stay tuned to the end of this episode to hear some of those ideas and concepts um, and actually get a little bit of taste of uh, the first one that we're going to give a trial run to this week. We really need to do another filler episode of uh, My Hero Academia Conspiracies. I enjoyed that. That was fun. That was super fun. I was thinking about that the other day. Have have a yeah. ton more like emerged since you then? Know, I haven't I haven't read any for what the show is caught up to, but I've seen titles of posts on like Reddit and uh, shared on like Facebook and stuff of possible conspiracies that I think have something to do with what's going on in the uh, novels right now. So I've tried to stay clear from those. I don't. I don't want to see more spoilers than I've already seen by accident. I may yep. have been trolling the uh, the wiki the other day and read a few things by accident I shouldn't have. Rut row raggy. Um, I know. I know. Speaking of filler episodes, though, I am. Uh, I am almost ready to record the next uh, filler episode that will cover School Briefs Volume Two. Uh, right before recording, I actually read an excerpt of this book to Adam without telling him what it was that I was reading. Uh, and then asked him to guess what it was that I was reading, and he was way off because there's just a section of this book. I think I'm going to read it in its entirety in that episode because it is mind blowing. Um, <laughs> it sounds like 
it's just wild. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, so keep your eye out for that filler episode. I guess that it was a passage in the Bible. So that, that tells you how well it's written. Yeah. And he had all these <laughs> guesses about how it was allegorical. And yeah, it was great fun, especially when I read like the, the paragraph after where I stopped and blew oh, his yeah. mind. Um, yep. So uh, keep your eye out for that filler episode on School Briefs Volume 2. Uh, and we'll we'll get that out uh, probably in the next week or two. Uh, and I think we would try to get those released not on a Monday, like on a Friday or Saturday. So yeah, filler Fridays, filler Fridays. There we go. Uh, that's that's what we're going to call them from now on. But let's jump into Vigilantes episode forty seven, which is called Farewell Party. Yes, it is. And I got to say, I love the front cover. Just Captain Celebrity with his awesome flowy hair. I used to have hair like that. I miss it. Now I'm bald, and I see Captain Celebrity, and I'm like, hmm. He also has an earring, which I did. I never noticed until just. I just had never this page. noticed that either. Yeah, it's uh, and he's got like an insane chin and jaw. Yeah, I think I, we. I might not have ever really noticed the earring in part because he wears like a like a double Saiyan scouter thing when he's in his hero costume that kind of has those cups over the ears and then like the scouter yeah, glass like going a, across his face, like a visor. Yeah, yeah, accurate. So we uh, we begin this uh, with. A meeting between Sukauchi and uh, Jinko Jeans All Might. Yeah, they're hanging out in what appears to be their like common get together. I would say uh, it seems like they're well. This time they're in the the Might Tower, but I feel like in the past they've been in some sort of like a cafeteria area. They, but they still all are. look the same. It's Is this, it the same area? Okay, I think it's within uh, the the Might Tower because in the in the one panel where. Uh, all Might is saying, here's to another year working together. You can see cafe, or at least part of that word seems to be on the glass behind them. That's what I thought. Okay, so it is the same place. I'm just making or sure. Or very near to it. One of those two things is true. They're meeting, and uh, All Might is cheering Sukauchi to, hey, uh, here's to another year. And Sukauchi's like, well, you got to pump the brakes on that because we've had some really valuable information come in through an informant about this big bust, this investigation that's going to go at full speed at this point. All Might gets a little concerned because he connects some dots and realizes that this is the case that ended up getting Sukauchi shot uh, by the speedster villain uh, not too long ago. And All Might actually offers, he says, you know, if this investigation goes south, why not send me a dispatch request? I can show up and help everybody. Uh, No one will ever have to know. And uh, so two things about this panel. Number one is, what in the world is All Might wearing on his face when he says, I'm here in secret? He, it looks like he just has a bandana, but the t- the knot is on his nose. It looks like it's a backwards bandana. That's what I assumed it was. What is that? I think it's supposed to just be like a secret disguise. It's him imagining himself, but disguised. It's just horrible. It's, it's terribly not realized. <laughs> like the art is fine. But the oh, idea yeah, the art's fine. is terrible. It's a bad idea. How is bad this? Idea. How is nobody going to know that this is all might, or that this well, isn't all might? Better question: Why would they care? He's the number one hero. That's yeah. the kind of stuff they expect him to go do. Like, I don't under. I didn't really get this. I'm like, why would they want him to pretend? Well, that I, my other, my other problem is Sukauchi declines. He says no can do, and I'm like, why? You're yeah. He's going to go ahead and bring in other heroes anyway. Why wouldn't you want the number one hero in on this? That's just my same thought exactly. I was like, I, I don't know if it's a, like, I don't know if there's like a budgeting issue here or if maybe they were like, maybe Sukuichi is like, no, we still need to figure this out. Like, it's a quiet investigation. Things are undercover. We bring All Might in and it's going to get blown real quick. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if maybe they didn't have enough evidence. It felt weird, though. I have to agree there. 
Yeah, I mean, even just having him on call or on retainer seems wise because they end up bringing in, uh, this is getting a little ahead of ourselves, but they bring in uh, Fat uh, Fat Gun and Kaneko and then they pair them with Aizawa and Aizawa goes around and does, you know, some things that I would guess All Might would have a harder time doing because he's All Might. Um, and he's, but not well, Jinko Jean's All Might. I mean, he yeah, could easily true. be in Jinko Jean's form and, and get all kinds of intel. Nobody would even know he was All Might. I don't know why he declines All Might's help. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Unless there's some like yeah. weird bureaucratic red, red tape for some reason that we're unaware of. He gives no explanation. He's just like, no, we'll, we'll pass on having the number one hero in this gigantic case. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was just, it was convenience. I'm convinced. <laughs> Maybe it's a it could be a licensing issue, you know. Like uh, I could see that behind the scenes. It's not that Sukoichi didn't want him. It's just that All Might can't be in this comic for too many panels. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah, that <laughs> makes some sense. Yeah. Uh, if you want All Might, go to the other. Go to the other book. Um, exactly. But we can't do that yet. Not until the anime comes back on. At least you and I can't. Everybody else right, can, right. and they are because. They're on like 290 something and people are losing their minds for whatever is going on. I know. I'm itching. Like, I want to go read it. In fact, uh, our or one of the other members of the Back Patio Network told me that he started reading it because he just wanted to catch up to figure out what's going on. And I'm like, ah, you can't spoil me, man. <laughs> uh, it'll, be, it'll make for good conversation when we do get there. Sukauchi, uh, it turns out, we, we kind of hit rewind and we see that he gets this information that he was talking about from Aizawa. Um, he had a meetup with the Hoda brothers and Aizawa. And he's trying to get some uh, to he's trying to recruit Aizawa basically to do some extra recon and gain some extra intel on this speedster villain because he's been really hard to pin down. It seems like every time they figure out where he is, that he gets away. And Aizawa hands him a thumb drive that uh, I, that he got from Koichi and Popstep. Uh, apparently this whole time, I, d- I didn't notice this, but this is my only explanation. This thumb drive uh, contains pictures and a lot of like journaling and notes of all of the stuff involving the Naruhata vigilantes, who we know is like Knuckle Duster and Koichi and Pop Step. And there's a bunch of pictures in them. I'm assuming then that the, all that time that Pop Step was bouncing around the scenes while Koichi and Knuckle Duster were down on the ground doing things, that she had a camera in her hand. I never noticed that, but that has to be the explanation for this, right? Yeah, that's what I assume too. I, I never noticed it either, but they do show pictures and then in the pictures it's things we've seen in the past, you know, chapters and they've got like the same exact panels except it says snap at the yeah. top. So I guess, uh, I don't know, maybe Knuckle Duster was wearing like a GoPro or something. Who knows? <laughs> it's got to be Pop. I mean, Koichi's, it, it's definitely yeah, not it Koichi because be he's in two of them. Right. He Well, he's in all three of them, isn't he? No, that's not him. Yeah, he's in two of them at least, so I'm, I'm not sure. The other thing, though, that I, I kind of took it as originally was maybe that there's some sort of like database of just, you know, villains that they've run into. But you're right. Like looking at this again, they, they're using that word snap as if they're taking pictures. So hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Um, well, they don't actually they don't actually hand the drive to Aizawa. They hand it to Midnight, who passes it on to Aizawa. And um, right. Midnight says some really interesting things here you know she's very uh she's very appreciative you know uh they were told basically to give it over to a hero that they knew and she's looking over this stuff and she's like yeah most of what i'm seeing here counts as self-defense and citizens arrest so you're not in a, a bunch of trouble and she explains that uh you know it's it's good that you brought it to me instead of to the police because we are a little bit more approachable heroes are um, than the police and we can look the other way when we feel like that's what is most beneficial and I really liked that kind of explanation for the 
the like tracking this this data and, and the the path right. that it had to take to get to Sukauchi makes a lot of sense because of the way that she framed it. Absolutely, I totally agree because I could see them turning this into the police and then the police just having to arrest them because that's the law and they have to you know uphold the law. Whereas the 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 heroes don't uphold the law; they just try to help out. You know, they're not necessarily bound to that. So um, I thought that was pretty neat, but. Yeah. I also like that she brings up uh, Knuckle Duster, and she's like, yeah, that old guy that uh, punches people, uh, you know, that you guys used to hurt quite a bit of folks, and <laughs> it pops like, uh, yeah, no connection. Don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, they disavow <laughs> any knowledge of Knuckle Duster <laughs> back when he was checking people for black tongues. The, there's a, a panel a little bit later on after Sukauchi has this data, and he's looking through it, where, of course, he's Detective Sukauchi, so he's like, well, where did this data come from? And Aizawa's like, don't know. Someone gave it to Midnight. She gave it to me. You get the drift. Like, he's very clearly like, I, I know probably where it came from, but I can't tell you, you know, uh, informant rules or whatever. And then right. uh, he, the Hoda brothers start laughing because Aizawa, with a completely straight face, is like, I also have new, uh, no idea who these vigilantes might be, which is <laughs> a bold-faced lie. But uh, he's, Absolutely. he's doing his best uh, to, to cover their tracks because he understands that this information is critical. And Sukauchi even goes on at some point, maybe a little bit later on, uh, or maybe it was a little earlier, where he, he confesses that, you know, it's a little... It's a little embarrassing that this information had to come through the channels that it did and that the police weren't the ones who were able to acquire it or obtain it. Um, but he's appreciative right. of it anyway, and they use it anyway. So everybody wins. I thought it was really funny, too, because along with Aizawa, like just that boldface lie tell telling that to Sukoichi, there's another scene where he's they're all kind of pretending about, you know, the the vigilantes and who they are and they're not addressing koichi and pop as their vigilante names and aizawa is just like oh my gosh this is just getting so exhausting do we really have to keep pretending here you know like we all know who each other are and it's it's great i love it this is this is one of the first or this is one time of at least two during the series of chapters that we're reading today where Aizawa is genuinely asking i, I don't have to play this game right i mean he's just yeah. he's over all of it which is great so we get a little bit of kind of, I guess, prep work for the uh, the big going away party for Captain Celebrity here. Uh, they've put together some sort of like, I guess, commercial to let people know about the gathering. Uh, and all of the people that are involved, like Mikado and the dance crew and Pop and Captain Celebrity himself, Koichi's there. They're all watching this commercial, hanging out. Uh, and they're discussing how many views they're getting. I mean, it's just blowing up. People are going to be showing up left and right. They're not able to keep up with the demand of the people that want, you know, merchandise and all kinds of stuff. Is It's just insane. It's like they're expecting close to 50,000 people to show up to this. And it's going to be off the charts insane. Yeah. And Mikado has one last surprise in store for the team. Uh, one more big piece of news. She says, all right, initially we were going to hold this big farewell party at this place called the Naruhata Community Hall, but instead we're going to hold it at the Tokyo Sky Egg, and that holds 50,000 people, and it'll be this huge event that uh, is is going to bring together heroes of Japan and heroes of the U.S., or really what it looked like is heroes of Japan and then also Captain Celebrity. So that theme fell a little flat, I thought. Um, yeah, yeah. A hero from the yeah, U.S. <laughs> yeah, just that one who was also a hero in the in Japan for quite a while. But she's explaining this to everybody, and you know they're they're basically pumping up uh, Captain Celebrity. And he's like, "Oh, but you Naru Fest kids will be a part of this too," and they all start freaking out because it yeah. turns out that like the shows that they were attending before, or the shows that they were performing before were done in front of maybe a hundred people, and like fifty of them, fully half of that crowd were people that they knew directly. 
And so now they're talking about a thousand times that number of people. And this is where I, you remember last week, one of the last things I said, or maybe right before we started the last chapter that we covered, um, because that brought us into volume seven was the cover of volume seven made me nervous for a very specific reason. Yeah. Cause you thought it was going to be like another Naruto or Naru fest. Yep. Um, and we, it, 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 it definitely did more than I wanted it to, but at least it wasn't as much as the last two had been, if that makes some sense. Like they, they do, there's a, there's a training montage here and they do have a little bit of theatrics for a show uh, in later pages, but it definitely isn't the focus of anything at any point besides the like one page of montage training that we're going to get to as soon as we turn this page. And really, it's not all that bad. I mean, for the most part. The kids are freaking out. Uh, they're talking about how they're going to have to go, like, do extra, extra, extra. It's practice time, you know. And Captain Celebrity's being the random stand-up guy that he's become. I mean, like, it feels like he's had a huge tone shift in three chapters, basically. But he's like, hey, you guys are doing great. I love that the way it is. You don't have to do anything extra. And, you know, they're all pumped. They're like, well, we're going to get up there and make you look awesome. We want to do a great job, too. So that's when they do this training montage. Uh, and it's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, it's a bunch of pictures of the kids training and they're doing kind of weird training like running i, I don't know i thought they were singers so it's yeah. strange to me that they would be running but you know that's fine <laughs> and pop's obviously exhausted she's sleeping at home while koichi's making dinner or doing dishes i don't know he's standing in front of the sink uh, but we transition into mikado trying to come up with a lineup that screams these are japan's beloved heroes so she's trying to figure out all these different heroes and we get some awesome uh, appearances i mean right off the bat uh we've got ida's older brother ingenium endeavor is i don't know i don't know if he says yes but he seems to be offended by the idea that captain celebrity is getting a big go away party which i thought was kind of funny so yeah in in the production manga he just says oh please which is definitely dismissive exactly yeah like come on really (laughs) and then of course midnight's gonna be there uh we've got yamada i'm so excited that he's gonna be there present mike as all everyone knows my favorite i's always gonna show if he's got time best genist uh the dragon lady we can even get a couple heroes we've never seen well yeah ryukyu yeah so um best genist ryukyu is there answering the phone mirko i think is the name of the rabbit eared lady right is that Miriko? I, I wasn't sure. I think that's her name. We haven't really been we haven't really been introduced to her, um, but she is in the background of uh, of of this one panel behind Uabami. Um, it is Mirko. You even got Fat Gum and Kaneko, and then Ed Shot, Gang Orca, and his masked men, uh, and then you have uh, Air Jet. Who we have we even ever really seen him in anything? I don't think so. I'm surprised well, you in, knew who he's he in was. This. <laughs> Yeah, he, I had to look it up because I was like, I think that's I Airjet, bet but he I, was at the, uh, I don't know that we've seen him. I bet he was at the USJ uh, invasion. Maybe. He, he's he's kind of uh, behind Snipe in a panel, and then you've got uh, Death Arms and the Manual Hero, and then the uh, Pussycats, and then then you just have the, the Wash Hero, uh, whatever his name was. Maybe it was just Wash or Washer. Wasn't he like the number three hero? Yeah, he had a stupid high ranking. Yeah. And I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but I do remember us being like, how in the world is he even like pulling rank on here? It's got to be right ends. I'm convinced. <laughs> oh, that could be true. Yeah. It's like, it's just a big joke. Like, I actually got uh, votes for president in 2016 oh. <laughs> as right ends. Um, maybe that's how Wash it. He's number eight, according to the wiki right now. That's, that's got to be what it is. There's no way. Well, so Mikado is trying to get all these people lined up, and it seems like she's doing a pretty good job. Uh, she's got just about everybody on board. A couple people probably weren't able to make it, but for the most part, she seems pretty happy. 
She's sitting at home on the couch. Her brother, Sukoichi, walks in. Well, we know him as Sukoichi. They're all Sukoichi because they're brother and sister, right? Right, uh, right. But the officer, Sukoichi, walks in. And uh, it's funny because, you know, she's kind of like hinting, like, hey, uh, so, uh, you know, anybody over there at All Might's agency, right? Like, you could probably hook me up, right? Not a chance. <laughs> she's totally wanting to get All Might there. Yeah, he's not having any of it. Um, I don't know if it's because he doesn't want to be exploited or if he doesn't want to be the exploiter of All Might um, or if he has other reasons. Like, I don't know. Maybe Sukauchi just really doesn't like All Might. This is twice now that he's just refused to share space with the guy. Um, <laughs> so uh, between the uh, no, you can't come on my super big bust and no, you can't uh, be invited to this party either. Yeah, I I wonder does uh, does Sukuichi the officer have any kind of a quirk that we're aware of? Because his sister has a quirk, doesn't doesn't she? Uh, we don't we haven't heard anything about Sukauchi having one. No. Okay, I thought we had heard about Mikado having one. Which if she has one, means that it's likely he would also have one. Uh, I just wonder if maybe he he has some sort of quirk that he can like see the future or something, you know? And he doesn't want All Might in certain places because he's like, no, this can't be how it turns out. Like you've got to be elsewhere, you know. Well, if he could see the future and he, and he and he doesn't invite All Might again to this is that's reckless endangerment as far as I'm concerned based on well, things that go yeah. down here in just a minute. <laughs> but he may think it's like fate, you know, like he can't change things. I mean, like if he's tried, then they just go awry or they always end up happening anyway. So he just stopped bothering. I yeah, don't that's know. It's totally it's all a, over again. Absolutely a far fetched idea. Yeah. I'm just well, talking. that brings us into <laughs> episode 48, which is called Investigation Start Steamy Romance Spotted? Question mark oh. exclamation point. Wow, that was a long title. Mine was just investigation time. Oh yeah, this this had this screamed like Japanese title of Dragon Ball Z episodes to me. Yes. Like it's just a ginormous mouthful when like Gohan awakes is plenty. Uh, so <laughs> we we begin and Sukauchi is heading over to the Hona brothers, much to their chagrin because Sukauchi has become like a second Aizawa. Not Sukauchi, Koichi. Koichi, yeah. Um, He's become like a second Aizawa who just drops by on the Hoda brothers when he has nothing else to do. And he keeps like the Hoda brothers say this to him twice in the span of the next couple chapters. We're like, well, you, you got no problem bothering us. Like <laughs> you just you just coming and crashing whenever. Um, but he's trying to get in touch with a racer um, to uh, put to, to basically hand over, I think, some more of these records. Uh, they say that he needs to give them over to midnight duh um and he's like ah well you know pop step works with midnight more closely than i do and she's in the middle of all this practice and things so uh kind of kind of out of uh out of pocket for the moment they so he's like well you know i can't really help out over there with the big production for the naru fest uh crew so pop step just basically said you're bothering everyone so go do your own thing and the hoda brothers are just like yeah, you don't uh, you don't seem all that useful, do you? <laughs> Which is super <laughs> insulting. They're always like low key, but also very blatantly insulting everybody that is around them at all times. I almost can't blame them though, because they're, they're just two dudes like trying to make a living, and it seems like all of their surrounding neighbors and like heroes, villains, vigilantes—it doesn't matter. They all just want to hang out in their shop. Like they can't get anything done. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's definitely prohibitive to their business, but it's great for their social life. Yeah, but social life don't pay the bills, man. They've got a <laughs> they've got a giant brother now they got to put up for right. Like that guy's true. not working. <laughs> they need to get in on. They need to get an arrangement with uh, with Aizawa. Like uh, I just watched the movie Blade with Wesley Snipes again. Recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a good movie. And, uh, he used to pay for his serum to this apothecary dude. He would just pick up the jewelry from vampires that he dusted 
and you and just handed it over to the shop owner guy. That's what Aizawa needs to do to the Hoda brothers. He just needs to be like, I busted some villains. Here's a Rolex, you know, um, take <laughs> yeah. care of yourselves. That would, that <laughs> would be a lucrative a pawn arrangement. Shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could uh, open up the pawn shop and still sell whatever it is that they sell. That's true, Shadily. I guess. Shadily. It, would just be, it would be just as shady as selling uh, sheep hair growth. That's true. Okay. So That's we, fair enough. <laughs> we jump ahead to Aizawa and Tsukauchi talking about where this new information has led them. And Tsukauchi has kind of taken um, the records that were provided and cross-referenced them with uh, the client list from Hong Kong for the, ex- the, the exchanged hands that touched all these drugs, inclu- including the ones that were found on the crab route. And he's narrowed it down to a location called the Onomura a pharmaceutical company, and he's not sure if it's just being, uh, you know, taken advantage of and they're unaware or if it's actually a shell company um, and they're totally aware, but he's pretty sure that this is where they're going to nab the speedster villain. He thinks that this is where the villain factory is. And then we see who it is they bring in to help uh, facilitate this bust, and that would be Fat Gum and Conoco. Yeah, which I was really surprised uh, earlier. Kaneko was one of the ones that was invited to the Captain Celebrity Big Shebang as if she was a hero. At least it showed her, but she's not a hero. And they make a point of saying that several times in this interaction. Uh, but they're showing up and they're not only going to go on investigation, but they're also inviting uh, Aizawa there as well. Because Fat Gum is wanting to make sure that he has someone there with Kaneko at all times. And it's not just him having to show up minutes after she's been into an altercation. And luckily, Aizawa is a bit of an investigator himself, so he kind of does dual duty. He can be an investigator and a brawler, while Fat Gum can come in at the last second if he really needs to. Yeah, uh, Aizawa is basically voluntold a little bit um, Absolutely. To, to participate in this, and he's not terribly excited about it, and I can only imagine his excitement diminishes over the span of the next few pages. Um, but yeah, Fat Gum's just like, I'll jump in when I can, but you guys are going to basically be the uh, the feet on the ground. And Kaneko has some reservations because she's trying to be a little chummy and witty and quippy around Aizawa, who is not having anything to do with any of it. And so they have this like private conversation, Kaneko and Fat Gum, where he's she's just like, this guy can't banter to save his life. I don't I don't I'm not so sure about this team up anymore. Like that's the glue that holds um, their investigative team together. And Fat Gum ends up insulting her hike eye crab shtick. Um, which she promptly busts out on him and threatens to snip him. And this is where Aizawa, again, is just like, I, I don't have to participate in that, right, to Sukauchi. Uh, he's like, that, this isn't a prerequisite of me accepting this job, right, is to, uh, you know, be in on these antics because, you know, Aizawa's rational. He doesn't he doesn't uh, soar, uh, assume the crab position ever. <laughs> Why would he, right? Luckily for him, Sukauchi says, no, not part of the assignment. Let's him off on it. But then they get back into coordinating what exactly they're going to do and. Basically, Aizawa and Kaneko are going to dress up, and they are going to go under undercover and investigate. I mean, they show a panel of Aizawa and her both in suits. You know, they're looking good, kind of walking around town. I, I don't really know what they're doing, though, because they're kind of just a bunch of panels of them, like, walking around town, and then they seem to be interviewing random folks. Like, they're dressed up in different kind of outfits, and they're fitting in and, and asking different people questions, I suppose. Yes, this this two page spread brought me so much joy because <laughs> it's it's basically Aizawa participating in undercover work and he likes absolutely none of it. So it he starts looks off miserable. with them. Yeah, it starts off with them in like legit suits, um, but then he's quickly like looks like a punk rocker. 
uh, like Kurt Cobain in the first panel. And then he looks like a Mater D or something with a bow tie. Then he looks like a hippie. And then he's a construction worker. Then he's a tennis player. Then he's uh, one of the like sign spinners for a company, you know, that like uh, like the Geico sign spinner commercials where he yep. has a sign on a stick that says open. Then he even looks like, like a shaman at some point, it looks like. Yeah, it looks like he's wearing one of those like rice paddy hats. Yeah. And then in the last panel, he's very clearly in a robot costume. And yeah. <laughs> that that one made me laugh so hard because it, you could tell it's Conoco standing there and she's in some sort of metal, perhaps like robot looking costume, but her head is exposed. Aizawa's is not. All you see are two little dots representing his beady little eyes staring out from the mouth hole of this giant headed robot thing. And it is so freaking funny that he how he got convinced to dress up like that is beyond me. But those two pages are so much fun just to just to rest your eyes upon and enjoy. Yeah, the robot actually kind of looks like the robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and I just re- realized that the personality of that robot fits Aizawa pretty perfectly, yeah, like especially fit. Alan Rickman's. <laughs> yeah, we transition to a scene where Koichi is on patrol. He recognizes Kaneko, and she seems out of place because she's wondering when it is that she moved to Tokyo. Then he recognizes Aizawa on her arm. They're like locked arm in arm. And so he ascends a building and sticks to the side of it and proceeds to wave down to them. And uh, Aizawa, I think Aizawa would have tried to pull this move even if he were in his hero costume. Do you disagree? Because no, he, he's just he like, absolutely would have done that. <laughs> yeah, he just does his best to ignore him and he tells Kaneko to do the same. And this this kind of frustrates and confuses Koichi. But it, I was like, 100% if Aizawa were just walking down the street on a patrol himself, he would he would have done his best to try to ignore Koichi right here. Well, and I think he would do it twofold. One, he doesn't want to put up with people. But secondly, he also isn't really supposed to be letting vigilantes do their thing either, right? Like, he chooses to ignore them. So it's in the best interest that Koichi doesn't say anything to him to begin with. True, true. Did you notice the guy in the same panel uh, that Koichi's jumped up on the building as and he's sticking to it, the one where he's saying, hi, you two? He has nothing but kissy lips for facial features. Kissy lip mouth, kissy lip eyes. (laughs) He must be related to the other guy who... That's what uh, I was thinking of. yeah. On the uh, on the on the trigger had kissy lip faces for eyeballs for whatever reason. Yep, yep. Well, anyways, we we see Koichi back at the uh, the apartment complex. It's not an apartment complex. I always think of it as an apartment, but it's just that like trailer on top of an old abandoned complex. Right. <laughs> but uh, Koichi shows back up. Pop Step is hanging out, and she's making all kinds of calls because they found out that they're going to get new costumes, but she doesn't know the sizes for anybody. So she's trying to get a hold of everybody that is going to be at this big going away festival to get their sizes. In the meantime, uh, Koichi is pretty much just going to hang out and like make dinner. Like he makes her some tea. He's hanging out. He's he's just seems to be enjoying his time with her uh, just at the house. It's really nice, kind of. See, I think he gets bored of of being in the room while she's having to make all those phone calls. And that's why he leaves and goes to the Hoda brothers again. <laughs> yeah. So it, like, it could be boredom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's like, uh, you know, I, I, uh, you've got nowhere else to be. So you came to our place. Why? The Hoda brothers are asking Koichi this. And he says, <laughs> well, you know, pop seemed really busy. I didn't want to bother her. And so they're like, so you decided to bother us. I mean, they're constantly just like, dude, take a hint. Koichi is terrible at taking hints. That is, that is canon. Yeah. Aizawa just doesn't care. Koichi right. doesn't take hints. Koichi can't read between the lines. Aizawa doesn't care. You're absolutely right. Right. And they mentioned that they just got rid of Eraser. And he's like, oh, yeah, speaking of him, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw him out and about with a lady friend. And they're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And then Aizawa walks back into the building and the Hoda brothers jump right on him, asking him if it's true that that he's dating an idol. And this would be like Aizawa hates this, I guarantee. Like that kind of 
uh, intrusive, private kind of probing questions. Because I, I feel like Aizawa is very much like me. And if anybody were to immediately have like heard a rumor that I was seeing somebody and then they were this aggressively asking me about it, it would it would piss me off like immediately. Yeah. And so Aizawa is just like, huh, who told you that? Because he's a little confused about how this information got around, uh, even though Koichi is standing right there. But you know he, he hates their stinking guts for them <laughs> jumping down his throat about possibly having a girlfriend and not telling them. Even though they're constantly being like, why are you here? They want to know everything about everything about Aizawa. Yeah, but I think he, there's also a bit of him, too, that's worried that someone may have spotted him. Like, if, if there is rumors ah. going around that he's with someone, then his cover could also be blown. That could be true as well. That takes us to episode 49, which is called Zero Hour. This is, uh, is, it, is it titled any differently for you? I think I forgot yeah. to ask you that at the end of the last one. Mine's just titled Storming for this uh, uh, chapter. Storming? Yeah. Huh. What the what in the world does that have to do with anything? Um, well, I, huh. <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. All right, maybe we will discover <laughs> that together as we review this uh, chapter again. But uh, this is the night of uh, the big Captain Celebrity final event uh, atop the Tokyo Sky Egg with fifty thousand people in attendance. So there's a couple pages of presumably fifty thousand people filing in um, before the heroes themselves begin to arrive. Uh, noticeable absentees are exclusively Endeavor. Everybody else that... Everyone uh, else shows up. Yeah, everybody else shows up. I mean, and Fat Gum and Kaneko, but they have other places to be. And I can only imagine this would have been such an awesome scene animated. Like, they've done a really good job of drawing these characters kind of like entering the stage is what I'm going to say. And I, I, I like it a lot, but I imagine that if this was animated, it would be a really cool scene. Yeah, it looks very um, like red carpety the way yeah. that they animate this this two page spread, um, and I really enjoy too that the hero manual uh, manual is even on the scene here because you remember he's he plays a relatively small part in my hero. Yeah, he's he been was, in like one episode. Yeah, one or two. Yeah, where he was like Ida's um, Ida's agency head or whatever it was. Um, so that Ida could be in the region where Stain was working and had hurt his brother. The wiki has him listed as the two, 222nd ranked hero. And yet he gets a call and is totally here with, uh, with I mean, heroes ranked in the single digits. Most of the heroes that show up are in the uh, top 15 to 20. Uh, and then you have guy who's 200 plus rank. And he's just he's just like... What's up, guys? I'm here too. <laughs> that kind of says a, something about him, though, right? I mean, like he, he must have a little bit of company. popularity there. Yeah. What about Death Hands? Where's Death Hands rated? Because he can't be in the top fifteen. I wouldn't imagine. He does not have a rank assigned to his name on the wiki right now. That's interesting. Okay. So he might be totally unranked. I. Yeah. Huh. Is that okay. an option? Like, like he's opted out of it. Maybe. Not sure. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I'm looking at that uh, Boku no Hero Academia.fandom.com and I, don't, I do not see a ranking next to him. Fat Gum is number 58 according to this and then, man, then there's a jump from 58 to 222nd for Manuel. Wow. <laughs> you know, what's funny about that character is, and I, I don't know why, but I, fe- I get him mixed up with the bike riding hero from uh, uh, One Punch Man. Yeah, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah. That's, I feel like we might have even that mentioned that. Called? I don't remember. What's that called? Bicycle Moomin, hero, Moomin one rider, Moomin. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Moomin rider, C class member of the Heroes Association. Yeah, C class. <laughs> it's great. I mean, 
C class would have to be what like upwards six six hundred plus I would think in this because I would put I, I would no put idea. Manuel at probably two hundred ranking I'd say that's B class top one hundred top two hundred probably is A class I would assume. Hmm. Well, there there's Adam's they've, rankings. There you, go. <laughs> <laughs> you you did it so quickly and neatly. Um, <laughs> the only other hero that we don't see in this initial splash page that is there um, is present Mike. Um, Obviously, as I always said that he would be there if he could, but he's with Fat Gum and Conico elsewhere. But uh, President Mike is emceeing this whole thing as he should, and he is the one that officially welcomes the man of the evening into the room as well, Captain Celebrity, who comes flying in with his quirk that is literally just called Flight. Um, he's greeted by his fan clubs, who continue to say "Rock on, Chris," um, and are led by the X Men and also uh, the the Eel Man, whose name is totally eluding me right now, even though I've said it about a hundred million times, probably. The, they tossed the Girl Scout girls up into the air. Uh, and I'm so glad that this was planned because the one on the far right looks like she was not expecting this. <laughs> um, but Captain Celebrity swoops in and grabs them. Uh, and that, that's, that's what they decided would be an appropriate entrance, which I guess makes some sense because they're the three that he rescued in that video that got 100 million views or whatever it was. But still, it seemed like kind of a strange idea. <laughs> Why not just have him like walk out on stage with the girls? Yeah, can you imagine if he had like dropped one of them in this one moment? You know, yeah. it would be horrible. <laughs> well, we transition over to the uh, Onomura Pharmaceutical Company. Uh, inside of a car is Aizawa, Fat Gum, and Kaneko. And they're kind of talking about the event happening with Captain Celebrity. They can hear the fireworks. They can hear everything happening. And, you know, of course, they wish they're there. But Aizawa is like, uh, I mean, really? Come on. Like... We don't have to be there. And it's funny because Kaneko has got this imagining of the three of them going together. And I was always like, since when did I join this trio? Like, I'm not part of this. Don't associate me with you guys. It's funny how, like, adverse he is to them, especially since he's worked with Fat Gum quite a bit in the main series. Yeah, I think him and Kaneko are like oil and water a bit. I think he can... They are. That's true. I think he can tolerate and work beside Fat Gum because he also is a hero that has a utility. Um, but I think that... It's not like, I don't think that Aizawa is like heroist where he's just like looks down on you if you don't have a quirk um, because Kaneko does, but her personality right. is something that is just like absolutely grates every thing that is Aizawa. That's true. She's a lot like Miss Joke. She has that same kind of personality. Yeah, that's not, that's not a terrible um, analogy. Like just real peppy and uppity. Like she's had way too much caffeine, you know? Yeah. And so th she approaches this building in disguise for some reason because she swipes this card and then everybody just barges right in. Yeah, I know. Like they weren't even bothering to try and let her get in and, and, or anything. She just swipes the card and they bust the doors down. Yeah. I thought that she was going to try to like be sneaky and infiltrate, but no, like she swipes the card and then everybody is running in with guns drawn and fat gum and Aizawa are leading the charge. And it's not even like they're just like busting in and leading a charge. They're grabbing people and like throwing them on the ground and handcuffing them. I mean, and it it seems kind of weird because at first they're talking about how it's only one corner of this building that's even part of the testing. They think that nothing else or no other parts of the building are interacting with that one corner. So the, it seems strange that they would just like bust into the main entrance and take down everybody and start putting them on the ground the way that these panels appear to be doing. But what's even stranger is. There are like these giant animals in there. So I guess they're probably people that have quirks or transforming quirks that have been amped up and left in there. There's like a big elephant and a panda. 
Yeah, I couldn't make full heads or tails of this besides the the fact that it made for a really, really funny panel where Aizawa has the <laughs> elephant by the trunk and it's yeah. crying because he's swinging it through the air. And Fat Gum's punching a giant panda. Yeah. So, and then, but then arises out of all of the chaos, this beast that we see. And we've seen this same exact, I, I'm going to say that it's uh, like, what do we call it? Alpha version of the Nomus. Uh, maybe even further back than just Alpha, but basically yeah, it's one of those early bombers. version of a Nomu. Right. It's one of the bombers that blew up Captain Celebrity. So, and it's a pretty big one, it looks like. So it pops up and <laughs> they're like, all right, now's your chance, fat gum. And, and he drops in and this huge death from above attack looking, you know, and he falls onto the bomber, starts attacking him, and then like two or three more pop up. I mean, these things are just coming out of nowhere. And uh, I was always freaking out because he's like, well, I can't get all of them in my line of sight quickly enough. There's no way I can take. And the way that they word that's kind of weird because they make it sound like he could take out multiple quirks at once. But I thought it was one at a time. Uh, but so regardless, he can't he can't take them all down. So and in the background, lo and behold, we've got our scarred villain, the the speed villain that we don't know a whole lot about. Yep. And he's got uh, the he is his face is being lightly illumined uh, by a screen on a phone, which last time we saw him with this, there was a little button that he could press to make these things go boom, and that's exactly what happens. And he blows up like the top two floors, basically, of this uh, pharmaceutical company, um, and he is whisked away safely in one of the claws of one of these creatures. Uh, and he is he's he begins to pontificate, as villains do, talk to himself, as he admits that uh, the heroes had actually caught him by surprise. Elsewise, he probably wouldn't have been there. Um, and the way he talks about these these particular nomus was if he had known they were coming, I don't think that he I, I think he would have taken more of these things away and maybe created more for this plan that he's eventually going to he executes a plan against uh, the Captain Celebrity thing basically as an audible as in response to his home base being blown up. He's just like, you know what? These things are out here now, so we might as well put them to good use. Um, so let's just let's just take them all to the the thing at the Sky Egg because that's a thing that's happening today. Uh, and so he starts. There's a it looks like a a flock, if we want to call it that, a flock of like six or seven of these things are heading now towards the uh, the Tokyo Sky Egg, where there's fifty thousand people plus who who knows how many uh, heroes uh, in attendance. It's interesting that you say that. I didn't take this as like a uh, an audible. You know, I figured he was planning on taking them over there eventually anyways. It just so happened that the heroes took him down the same day. Although he does make mention like, well, what do you know? Today's the big day at the Sky Egg. But I definitely thought the way he talked several chapters ago was as if he was going to make a bunch of these bombing villains to go and blow up Captain Celebrity. So why wouldn't he do it on this day? Like, this is one of his last opportunities, right? Yeah, I think... I I read it as an audible in part because he says, you know, you're forcing a liquidation sale. You're That's you're true. making me yeah. do this possibly early. Like maybe he really intended to make a couple more of these or maybe he intended to make even just one more of the explodey fist ones that we're going to talk about in a second. But it did feel like he was just like, well, cat's out of the bag. So we might as well just do this thing now. Um, so true. that that brings us to the end of chapter 49 and into episode 50, which is called Defend the Tower. Mine's called Farewell Party. Oh, And it starts off uh, with an awesome picture of <laughs> his beautiful wife and beautiful child. And he's so excited. He is showing 50,000 people this picture of himself. It's Captain Celebrity. 
himself and his wife and his child and his poor wife looks like she's probably not slept and like you know since the baby's been born two or three weeks maybe even a month uh, she's <laughs> absolutely exhausted and he's just showing it off to everybody and it's so funny because he's going on and on about the baby's got his eyes and you know the the rest of everything else looks like his mother so he came out all right and Mikado is off to the side and she's got this like aghast looking face and she just says oh that photo and Koichi doesn't get it either. Like Koichi's kind of got a question mark above his uh, his head, so you can kind of assume the guys in the room have no idea like what the big deal is. But uh, <laughs> but Captain Celebrity decides to get his wife on the phone. He's gonna surprise call her, so he does. He quiets down all these people. I mean, thousands of people, and he gets his his wife on the phone, and uh, she's like, "Oh man, do you have any idea what time it is? It, it's it's." You know, I'm, I'm about to go to sleep. I just got the baby down. And he's like, oh, honey, well, I just, I introduced you and Junior to everyone here. And she's like, wait, what? Everyone? Who's everyone? You know, and she starts screaming into the phone. It's awesome. And she's like, don't tell me that you're showing people that photo. And uh, she's like, well, I guess if it's just like five or 10 people and it's not a big deal, but if it's any more than 50, I won't forgive you. And he's like, well, actually it's 50,000. And she's like, what? <laughs> what? I didn't hear that. <laughs> well, I've got an audience of 50,000 and she freaks out, which I can totally understand. I think I've probably been in this exact situation. So did Captain Celebrity fly to America, take this picture and then fly back to Japan so that he could be there for his own farewell. I'm going back to America after this event. I, that's kind of How the way did I took it too. Taken place. I was wondering the same thing because in our last set of chapters, they talk about how he is going to be home in time for the baby birth, and then several weeks later, he'd be officially going back. So I'm assuming he did just fly over there. He was there for the birth, probably had like some sort of paternity leave, and then had to finish his contract <laughs> in Japan, is what I assume. I just thought he was like waiting. I thought the timeline was, hey, you know what? This the coincidence is that all of your all the legal courtroom drama stuff regarding all of your civil suits or whatnot, it will have settled in time for you to go back home and be there for the birth of your son. But this makes it sound like he was able to go back, be there for the birth of his son, and then came back to to, uh, to Tokyo for his own farewell party. I don't know. It seemed weird. Um, but it could be that I just misunder completely misunderstood the timeline. But regardless, Mikado is just uh, trying to save Captain Celebrity even more face, which is basically how she's been making a living for however long. Um, so she calls in for the next series of acts to just go ahead and take place. And so we get a couple of pages of uh, some of the heroes performing some stunts. So uh, Ingenium like runs up a ramp and then jumps through uh, the arms of one of his employees, the big monster one that got attacked. Um, early on whose name eludes me now i can't do you see are you looking at this panel i the am one where he's running up the who who is the who's the in the cape and why is he there i don't know it looked like fat gum to me when i first read it but i just realized fat gum is at the the pharmaceutical company so it can't yeah. be him i have no what, idea who that is what would anybody be doing there i mean it very clearly is in genium doing like a evil Knievel jump a ramp through a hoop thing. Um, but then there's just this random hero with a cape flying up there for some reason. And he's like uh, bouncing behind. In yeah. Maybe it's a race. Maybe this is an obstacle course or something. Oh, okay. That could be, or maybe he's a camera person. Who knows? Oh, I can see a camera person. I, I was thinking something along the lines of like a uh, American Ninja warrior or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, then best genus puts on a fashion show, I think is what's going on where he uses his, 
uh, fibers to put on some new dresses on Uobami and Midnight and Mirko, and even it's implied at least. it's You don't see much of it on the panel, but it looks like Ryukyu in her dragon form is also getting dolled up some by Best Genist. Yeah, it's like a, I would assume that it's like a, a jean flower in her hair. Yeah. Uh, then you have Airjet has filled up some balloons on his arms and yeah. uh, Snipe and Edshot pop them like they're th- doing target practice. That's what I was thinking, like maybe some kind of shooting competition or something. Yeah. And then uh, you got Present Mike doing his thing, either singing or being a fun MC as he always is. You have the uh, Wild Wild Pussycats um, doing their best Ginyu Force uh, impersonations, which it is fun. It does look a lot like Ginyu Force, yeah. And then I did, still am not 100% sure what's going on between um, Gang Orca and Wash and the crew. Like, it looks kind of like Wash is creating this spiral of water and that the Orca gang, two, the two henchmen look like they're caught up in this whirlwind, but it looks like Gang Orca's just surfing like a boss in the middle of it. Yeah, I couldn't figure this either. And it almost looks like the Wash hero is going to, like, eat them. I don't know. It's weird. That hero in general is just really strange to me, though. But I'll take it any time that I can see Gang Orca. So I was very pleased that he uh, showed up to this uh, to this event because it was cool seeing him. Yeah, more Gang Orca, like more Gang Orca, always good. I'm here for him. Right. So Mikado asks Koichi to go and grab the boss, as she's calling him now, Captain Celebrity, uh, because it's about time for him to be back up on stage. And Koichi can't actually find him anywhere at first, but she he finally finds him uh, down near this like merch area. It kind of looks like it's a very secluded spot. And he's there hanging out on the phone with his wife. And he's like trying to apologize for what he did. You know, he's like, oh no, I know, honey, I'm the absolute worst. I wasn't trying to break any promises. I just got carried away. Uh, and it's it's just weird to see this captain celebrity. Like, I don't know. It's still so jarring to me because of I'm used to just this really uh not rash but like bold arrogant coarse? confident yeah, exactly uh, me- not megalomaniac but like almost you know what i mean yeah close yeah he's close but this is when koichi sees the fire from probably the pharmaceutical corp i would as- assume and he notices safe assumption all of these nomus flying their way uh, there's probably like what seven here five yeah yeah, I see a formation of five, and as they get closer, he recognizes them as the same ones that attacked Captain Celebrity at Christmas, the ones that go uh, that go boom when they get close, and one of them flies uh, directly into the tower and does just that, causes this explosion that rocks the tower. Um, uh, the heroes notice it. There's a big foom sound effect, uh, and there's some whispers amongst the crowd of whether this was an earthquake or not. Um, but this this boom has a much greater impact on the immediate vicinity of Koichi and uh, Captain Celebrity as Koichi finds himself falling out of the sky egg, but he manages to use his quirk to uh, draw himself back up to kind of the 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 support the pole upon which the sky egg rests um, and then clings to it. By the way, the sky egg, I meant to mention this earlier, looks an awful lot like Kami's hideout um, from Dragon Ball Z um, in profile. Yeah, it's it just a big does. old, uh, big old thing. It's like the, it's, it's like Kami's, Kami's hideout, except if you took the top and flipped it upside down. Um, that's kind of what it looks like. But anyway, um, Captain Celebrity checks on Koichi and decides, you know, these guys, they're they're not as fast as me. They're not as strong as me. I'll run out there and take care of them. Uh, and one of them explodes on him. No big deal. But when that one does, a bigger one gets by. And I mean, it looks freaking huge. In fact, I think that's even what ca- either Captain Celebrity or Koichi says, calls it freaking huge. Uh, and it runs to the the 
base of this tower and blows up massive explosion uh and this is going to cause an awful lot of structural damage that now captain celebrity has to deal with yeah absolutely and i think the sky egg is supposed to be a play on the seattle needle too that's what it looks like to me anyways gotcha uh, but yeah the this whole tower looks like it's going to come down uh it's going to be really really bad and captain celebrity gets up there and, and grabs it though the picture is almost drawn kind of weird because it it seems like he's got it on his shoulder but it, it looks like his arm is twisted into uh and at first yeah, the left arm yeah yeah the left arm looks like it's yeah. been like broken it looks bad but I, I can tell it's just where you know it's resting on his shoulders there uh but koichi is like dude can you handle that and he goes ha ha this is nothing kid Although it does leave me a little tied up. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got his hands full. What's he going to do? All these bomber nobus are coming at him. And it's not even that bad at first. He says he can handle it. It's not going to be a big deal. I can take enough. You know, I, another explosion or two won't be enough to make me crack is what he says. But this nomu comes out of nowhere and it's got three arms. And we kind of get some dialogue from the... It's uh, got six arms total. Three six on arms each total, side. Three on each side. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and it, we get a little bit of... Uh, explanation from this villain where he's talking about how like you know we we cooked up this nomu that has these bomb hands but it's also got regeneration baked into it and he calls it a triple play so all three hands punch captain celebrity and explode all at the same time and then immediately grow back so it's just this constant barrage of explosions uh, i mean it's crazy captain celebrity looks like he is going to pass out probably but he claims he's being able to take it did you uh, did, do you notice what I notice on the uh, the panel where uh, the punches land? The second panel where the punches land, right up under unlimited bomb punches from the villain. Do you see what I see? The like music note, like he's singing again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> how many blasts before you take a tumble? I almost want to think of it's kind it. of like the uh, the Leprechaun movies when he does like his little like Leprechaun poems before limericks. Can... Yeah, that's got to be what yeah. it is. That's the only like villain limericks. <laughs> He, he that villain has a lot of them is is all that I'm making note of here. He's a high charisma but, uh, villain for sure. It's true. Captain Celebrity seems to be holding up well enough. Um, he he does continue to to boast a little bit and say, like I said, I can eat those wimpy attacks all day long. Even a hundred blasts won't make me budge. And then this is right about the time that uh, the building shifts a little bit and a Sky Egg exclusive All Might hoodie drops down upon Koichi, who you know he's gonna get exactly the idea that you think he's going to get um, yep. because now he has his costume in hand. In fact, uh, the title of episode 51, which we're not going to cover this week, but we'll be covering next week is called I do what I can. So I assume that that means that Koichi is going to don his costume and do whatever it is that he can to be helpful because that's what Koichi always does. And it's just convenient that his hoodie or a hoodie was right there when he needed it. Yeah. One of his limited edition can only get it at the Tokyo sky egg hoodies. So, uh, maybe he'll get uh, Captain Celebrity to sign this one too. Uh, we we will have to wait and see. There's going to be crazy hoodie inception whenever Koichi makes it big because people are going to want crawler hoodies that are also All Might hoodies. <laughs> That's you true. Know what I, mean? I have thought about that. <laughs> I mean, that assumes crawler's going to make it big, which I don't suspect will happen. I mean, but he's going to have really some fans, to just right? To see, just to see what you're talking about. Like the X Men would probably want that. He's going to have yeah, like yeah. local vigilante fans, I'm sure. So I want to introduce one of the new um, kind of 
uh, bits that will that will do as a part of uh, the AMP going forward. And I'm I'm taking this idea from a Dragon Ball Z uh, podcast called the Destructo Discourse. Highly recommend it if you're uh, a fan of Dragon Ball Z. They do a full watch through, and it is hilarious. I love that uh, podcast, and uh, they. Uh, had a, a bit that they were doing at the end that they kind of got rid of called uh, the Dragon Radar, where they were just checking out on where the Dragon Balls were at the particular time, but they found that that got pretty boring pretty quickly. So they came up with a new segment where they basically looked up a horoscope of a uh, one of the characters just to see how accurate it was for the goings-on uh, that they were covering in that episode. So I have before me the Cancer Horoscope because Christopher Skyline, a.k.a. Captain Celebrity, was born on July 4th, which you would know if you followed us on Twitter, uh, which makes him a Cancer. And so let's read Cancer's horoscope for today, um, which is December 1st as we record, and see how well this horoscope has come true so far in the today of the goings-on of this, uh, this particular moment in the manga's timeline, and then anticipate how it might come to fulfillment in the future episodes as this day concludes, as the attack by the Nomus continues. So December 1st, 2020, it says, Today, Cancer, you might uncharacteristically decide to, t- to sequester yourself away from the world. Perhaps you're tired or feeling a bit under the weather and only wish to kick back and read a good book. That's fine. Everyone needs a little solitude from time to time. The only concern here is that if you stay too secluded, you might miss an important communication. Resist the temptation to turn off the phone. Wow. So, uh, talking about quarantining, staying home, which is definitely something that he didn't do today. Um, he's moving his way towards going home. Maybe that True. counts a little bit. I will say he did decide to sequester himself, though, near the end there, because he wanted to take a phone call with his wife privately, which is very uncharacteristic of him. Uh, that that little bit there at the end where he is on his own, like trying to make up for something that he has done wrong is absolutely not Captain Celebrity. And he's definitely having to resist the temptation to turn off the phone on his wife, who is losing her mind over this picture, right? <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, I think this... If you want to stretch it, it kind of fits there at the end. Um, but yeah, I feel like if he had stayed at home, he probably wouldn't be in the predicament he's in, right? Well, we, we'll see um, if, if he... Because uh, the other element of this that could be interesting is it says that uh, perhaps you're tired or feeling a bit under the weather. Uh, and certainly at the end of this, which we're left on a, a fairly decent cliffhanger uh, relative to the way that uh, the narrative usually concludes by the end of our episodes, that he isn't feeling his best. I think that's a safe assumption to make right now. So who knows? Maybe he'll be like, you know what, guys? I'm just going to go home now and uh, and just totally live into the cancer life. Exactly. Like, we don't we don't have these bomber hand villains back home, so that's right. bye. <laughs> he just flies off, lets the sky egg fall to the ground. We've got uh, a couple of uh, other little bits and, and segments that we are tossing around uh, doing, and, and you'll see and hear these week to week. We've got uh, one where we're going to talk about sl- just regular slice-of-life mundane applications of quirks uh, as we come up with them. We'll talk about new quirks as we're either exposed to them through the course of the narrative or ones that we come up with that we think uh, would be pretty awesome, and then maybe spend some time thinking about the science behind them, things like the physical limitations, how it works uh, physiologically. We've uh, Already uh, started talking about some neat combo moves uh, between characters without limits. So people from Class 1A teaming up with heroes, villains, people from Class 1B. Who cares? Um, Fun combo move stuff. But we are going to, one last time, uh, perform a live casting. And who is it that you told us we were casting this week? I believe it was Soga Kugazaki. It was Soga. It uh, It was Knuckles the Hedgehog. 
That's who we uh, yes. decided to uh, to cast this well, week. And I got to say, it's kind of interesting because in having read this all in black and white, I've always imagined him with red hair, but the picture that they've chosen for him on the Boko no Hero Academia.fandom.com, it actually has him with like a kind of like a teal hair or like cyan maybe. I had him pictured in my head as red hair as well. What do you think about that? Yeah. And I think it was par- yeah. in part because he kind of has similar facial features to Kirishima. Absolutely. Yeah, he totally does. So, so uh, I'm curious who you chose. Okay. Um, so I think if I were following your rules, where I could cast anybody at any time, I would have gone with Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad fame. I think okay. he would have been yeah. a really good Soga. Um, but he's a little older. Soga, according to the wiki, is in his early 20s. And Aaron Paul's like 40-something, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so instead, I went with Ezra Miller of Flash fame most oh, recently, yeah. I think. Okay, yeah. I, I chose him for Ida, I believe. So I think that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like Ezra Miller. He's a pretty good actor. Uh, well, I like that. So I, His face is just I, very I, angular, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And absolutely, those angles kind of fit that character of Soga and uh, I don't know uh, his his face leapt immediately to mind when I was thinking about that so Ezra Miller would be my uh, my Soga I like that one so I, I decided to go with uh, an old favorite actor of mine he's not old but he's been acting for a long time now uh, his name is Jensen Ackles he was in the Supernatural is what he's most well known for I'm sure there's like 20 seasons of that now I think they just finished it up actually uh, but I kind of had that same thought process of he's got this really angular kind of features. He's got the spiky hair. He just looked the part for me. And he kind of acts this like real tough, rough, badass kind of character in Supernatural. So I could totally see that fitting Soga, just that personality type. Nice. Well, RIP live casting segment. Uh, we, we've just gotten to the point where we're just like, uh, who do we want to cast now? And who in the world do we cast as these characters now? Uh, we've been scraping uh working our way through that cast and scraping the bottom of the barrel for a while we wanted to shake things up and uh, do some new stuff maybe uh some of these other segments i think open themselves wide open for audience participation too uh and engagement as we talk about these things and uh ask you guys to participate through twitter and the discord so and we're all about trying to generate some conversation and community around this thing yeah it's a lot of fun we love it well that's all i've got for tonight buddy I think so for me as well. We're going to get some uh, filler episodes in hopefully here soon. And we'll continue on with Vigilantes. Next week we'll do 51, 52, 53, and 54. How's that sound? Sounds like a winner. Sounds like what we've been doing, so let's just stick with that because it seems to be working. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod or follow at BackPatioNet for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O. 